Good evening, everybody. Welcome back after a long yantif. We're going to start now a series for the next um, couple of weeks until Shavuos. The halacha portion is going to try, I'm going to try to cover all topics that pertain to kashras in the home. So tonight we're going to talk about what needs hashkacha, what doesn't need hashkacha, what you can buy without hashkacha. Um, we'll move on and talk about um, bugs, how to check for bugs. Um, I'll try to make some demonstration as well, as much as I'm able to. And we'll talk about basar b'chala, dairy after meat, meat after dairy, using your oven for both. Um, when something goes wrong, we'll talk about onions and, and knives and all that can go wrong in that area. And um, we'll talk also a little bit about hechsherim. So try to clarify a little bit, you know, the differences between hechsherim just to understand what it means, a national scale hashkacha to a small time hashkacha and how to kind of go through the data and understand the meaning of what one hashkacha represents and what another one represents. So well, we'll try to cover all these topics, Be'ez Hashem, and if you have any ideas or that you would like to see covered, you can feel free to email me and I'd be happy to include it. So tonight we'll talk about what needs a hashkacha and what doesn't. So let's begin with fruits and vegetables, pretty straightforward. So generally there is no problem with fresh fruits and vegetables, what could be wrong, right? Um, you do though have to be careful about produce that comes from Eretz Yisrael because produce that's exported from Eretz Yisrael, they've done nothing on the Israeli side to take care of the truma and meiser problem. When something grows in Eretz Yisrael, um, it's obligated in Truma and Meiser, and those have to be removed before you can eat it, and it's actually a very serious uh, transgression to eat fru- uh, food that's called Tebel. Without taking Truma and Meiser, it's, um, it's uh, a, very, a very, very serious transgression, actually more serious than, your, than even eating uh, something treif. And uh, it's, though, something that you can do. Uh, there is a way to take care of the issue. If you've already bought that produce, you can... Uh, either contact me or you can go online. The Star K has the what you do, how to take truma and meiser. But obviously, the better the better approach is avoidance and see to it that you don't buy Israeli produce. So I've seen uh, at one point there was Costco was selling peppers and um, oranges from Eretz Yisrael. Other not only just Costco, other stores as well. Um, and a lot of times when it happens, so the cashier organization is sending out notif- notifications, but you aren't necessarily signed up to get those notifications or you won't necessarily hear about it. So it's always a great idea from time to time to take the trouble to check the label. It'll say which country, what the country of origin is. It'll say if it's from Mexico, it's from California, where it's from. And if it says it's from Israel, well, then you know don't buy that product. So that's an easy thing to do, just every so often it's a good thing to do just to make sure what you're buying doesn't have that issue. When it comes to uh, raw fruits and vegetables that are cut up, so you go to a store and they have, you know, obviously Shalom's or a kosher store, it's fine. But when you go to a non-kosher store like Costco and they have uh, cut up watermelon or they have cut up uh, anything else, so it becomes a question whether you can use it or not. So typically, for, according to strict halacha, it is, um, it is allowed. But uh, it's, the reason why it's allowed is because we make a couple of assumptions. One assumption is that they probably have a dedicated knife. And even if they don't, and they use it from time to time for something that might not be kosher, they cut up such a large amount of fruit that it gets wiped off in the first couple of fruit, and the one you're buying most likely doesn't have any residue on it, and so on and so forth. But as the rule with these things is that whenever we have to rely on assumptions and 
you know, and maybe it may be like, maybe not, and, and, and assuming this and assuming that. So then the approach is why rely? Rather buy something that you know is kosher. So at times it's possible to find out. Actually, you know, the Rabbanim have done some research and they'll know whether cut up fruit at certain, uh, at certain stores is okay. So that would be the best. And obviously, if you've bought it already, you can use it. Um, uh, but in general, like I said, it's always better to avoid something that relies on assumptions, which always have the risk of the assumption being wrong. And as far as buying frozen fruit, uh, like strawberries and such, that would typically require checking for bugs, but what you want to do is to blend them, so uh, I'll actually leave that for when we give the shear about uh, vegetables and fruit that need checking for bugs, and we'll discuss that concept then about frozen fruit and blending. So that covers fruits and vegetables for the most part. Now, I want to talk a little about chametz, actually, and it's very timely. So... Uh, you know, I've, you've seen the, the list, the notifications that this store you could buy from and this store you can't buy from. I just want to explain a little bit what the idea is. Um, there, are, there are stores, or big stores, that are actually owned by Jews, but that, those are more few and far in between. That's generally not what we're really worried about. What we are more, we have a bigger issue we have is that the big stores, such as uh, Target or or um, Giant, or so on and so forth, they receive their products from a Jewish distributor. There is a distributor called C&S Wholesale Grocers, and it's one of the largest distributors, uh, wholesale distributors in, in the country. And believe it or not, it's a privately held company. It's not publicly held. It's a privately held company. That means that it's not like a corporation with many, many different owners. It's uh, a very... It's owned by private people. And guess what C and S stands for? C and S stands for Cohn and Siegel. It was begun in 1918 by Israel Cohn and Abraham Siegel. So those are very clearly Jews. So they, it's still owned by a family member. Um, the assume, so the assumption is the current CFO and, and chairman are still Jewish. So there you have a problem. And many, many stores receive goods and products from CNS. So that's a concern. Now, the thing to understand is that chametz after Pesach, well, now chametz on Pesach is an Iser, a Daraisa, it's a Taira Iser, but chametz after Pesach, even if someone has transgressed the Iser of chametz and, and they've had chametz like a non-religious Jew, without selling it to a guy, without doing bittel, without doing anything about it, so they, you know, not deliberately, they don't know better, but they've transgressed the Iser of chametz. So after Pesach, it's forbidden to eat, but that Iser... Is only Durabanan. It's not Minatar. The Torah doesn't forbid that. Torah only forbids Chametz on Pesach. The Durabanan, as a penalty, they imposed an Isser on Chametz after Pesach if someone did not take the proper steps to ensure that you're not over on it. So, like if you sold it to a guy, it's not a problem. But if you didn't, and you didn't do anything about it, so then it becomes Usser after Pesach. But the rule is that when something is only drabanan and then the whole iser is not clear to begin with, you're not sure whether this is a product that actually is a problem, so it's a suffix, it's only a question, and a question about a drabanan is permitted. So therefore, when you go to a store like Target and essentially you buy a Hametz product, you don't know, was this, did the product purchase, did this, um, sorry, did Target purchase this from CNS that are Jews, and it is a problem, or did they purchase it from a different wholesaler, they're not the only wholesaler, did they purchase it from another wholesaler, and that would be permitted. So we don't know, and essentially it's permitted when we don't know, but again, the same rule applies is that uh, that's only if you have no choice and you're kind of put in the position where you have to chew, you have to eat something and it's a suffix. So, you know, you can do that. But 
we have plenty of choices, right? We have other places where we can purchase our produce from that we know are not a problem. And therefore, that's why we, we try to avoid pro, uh, stores that we know purchase from this uh, Jewish wholesaler. So you can look online. The Starkey has a list of which stores are not and which stores are, 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 are okay. Um, but again, the rule is that if you already purchased it, it's fine because it's only l'chadchile, you shouldn't get yourself into the question, but if you have it already, it's fine. You can use it. It's only a question, it's only a suffix, and it's drabana. Um, now, that also, the problem only applies to real, real chametz. That's the only thing, the only place it applies. Obviously, kitneus or any other non-kosher Pesach product is not a problem at all. Even, um, and also, obviously, um, medications, uh, Soaps, lotions, all those things that on Pesach we are careful about, that doesn't apply to after Pesach. Those are all fine. And even items that have some minute amount of chametz in them uh, isn't a problem after Pesach. It's only a problem on Pesach that we're careful about it, but after Pesach it won't be a problem. So like certain products are just a very, very small amount of chametz. It's, it's an ingredient, uh, some wheat germ or something, but it's not a substantial ingredient. So there also it would be fine to buy it from these stores. And uh, you can ask, you know, obviously you can ask uh, a rabbi or, or, or try to email the Sarkay and they, they will let you know. But for the most part, you know, if you know that something, you know, on the bottom of the ingredients, after 20 ingredients, it has something that says wheat, you can almost always 99% uh, assume that that's fine. <coughs> and you can purchase that. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, fish and then the rest we'll leave for uh, next week. We'll continue on this, this topic. Uh, so fish, there's, it's an interesting thing with fish is that the Torah requires us to know that fish is kosher, and the way you can know it's kosher is only if you see fins and scales. So uh, when they sell you a whole side of fish that has its uh, scales on it and it has fins, you know, so that's great. You can buy it, and uh, it was cut generally with their not with their knife, and you know they might have used it for other fish. It's not kosher, so you can just cut off, trim off the ends, and that's fine. Um, the interesting case, the interesting exception to this rule, according to m- most paiskim, is salmon, because salmon has a very distinctive color. It's orange, and apparently no other co- uh, uh, non-kosher fish has that color. Although you can introduce that color, um, you can you can make fi- other fish that color artificially, like you know altering their food. But it seems like it's not done that often enough to be a problem. So uh, many places can hold that that's enough. Once you see that the salmon has that distinctive color and it's labeled as salmon, obviously, so you can uh, you can rely on that and buy it, even though you don't see the scales and you don't see the fins. And again, you just trim off the edges and then you can use it. Okay, so let's move on to the next part of this.